Thank you for tuning in to the Springs Church Podcast. Here, you'll find messages that are powerful, inspiring, but most importantly, straight from the Word of God. If you're located near Tacoa, Georgia, or in Tacoa, Georgia, we'd love to see you on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Enjoy today's message, and remember, we love you, Tacoa. Thank you all. Um, I didn't know I was preaching when I came tonight, Uh, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to overthink this, so... This is going to be the raw, unedited version of what the Lord has given me. So be blessed is all I can tell you. (laughs) Um, I want to read a couple of verses tonight out of Acts chapter 19. Uh, Acts chapter 19, the Lord was already putting these verses on my heart last week when I was here. And he brought it back up again when I got on the property and uh, sat down a few minutes with him. So... If you have your Bibles, if you would, turn to Acts 19, starting in verse 11. Acts 19, verse 11. It says, God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that handkerchiefs and aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and evil spirits went out. But also... Some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. And the evil spirits answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom was the spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. This became known to all, both Jews and Greeks, who lived in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was being magnified. Many also of those who had been, had believed, kept coming, confessing and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. And they counted up the price of them and found it 50,000 pieces of silver. Verse 20, so the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing and prevailing. Um, Just want to share a few thoughts on this. But before I get into that, I just want to say, go over a few things the Lord was sharing with me as we were in that time of prayer. Uh, One thing that he, he made clear to me was, Uh, God cares more about what's happening in you, what he's doing in you, than what you're doing for him. When you get out of balance and you start to idolize the things you do and you get more focused on what you can do for him than what he can do inside of you, you get upside down. You get unbalanced. You make an idol out of ministry. You make an idol out of something that you can do. And really, that's a trap for religion to get in. Uh, So when God wants to put his hand on something, you have to let him work on that before he can do something through you. Because at the end of the day, the most important thing that happens in your life is that you bear the image of Christ. The most important thing that you can do is submit to the work of the Holy Spirit, making you more like Jesus. And and the things that you do for him will come after that. You can do things for God, uh, but you're not empowered until he works in you 
that image of Christ until the Holy Spirit gets an open door inside of you to remove those things and do those things in him that he needs to do um, to get, get that work accomplished. Um, now, this passage is very interesting because it starts one way and it ends another. It looks like one thing is happening and then it just takes a sharp turn in the other direction. All of a sudden, you think it's a defeat, and it is for some, and it turns out being a victory for God's people. And so there's a 90-degree there's a angle in this story where things just go totally different than what you would expect. And God is taking a bad situation and making it good for his people. And so what you see here is this group of people who are seeing the power in Paul. They're seeing the power displayed in the true church, and they want to borrow those tactics. They want to borrow that name that is so powerful. They want to go do what Paul's doing, but they're not submitted like Paul is submitted. They want to go out and they want to see the breakthrough. They want to have the victory in the public place. They want to be seen as powerful, but they don't want to submit to the one whose name they're using. You see, in the church today, we have, we have this growing divide. It seems like the tares are having a field day. You know, Jesus talks about a time when the enemy will come and sow tares among the wheat. And there will be a time when there will be a false church that is growing and expanding. And uh, the thing about tares is they look so much like wheat. If you don't know how to discern, you'll take in that which is false and be led astray and consume something that will ultimately kill you. The tares are in the body of Christ today. There's a growing divide between those who truly walk with the Lord and those who are trying to do ministry. There's a growing divide between those who spent the time with the Lord, who've grown in prayer, who've been to the secret place, and those who want to go out and impress man so they can look like something in front of people. You see, the spirit of religion is always a safe place to hide because man can tolerate religion. Man can put up with religion because it doesn't get down into the inside. It doesn't inflict damage on that sinful stuff on the inside, that sewage you were talking about. Religion will let it, let it alone and let it sit still and fester, and it won't deal with it, but it'll give you an appearance of power. It will give you an imitation of the real thing, enough that you'll think you're doing well, but really you're not even close. The tares are having a field day. You see, these people, they wanted to use the name of Christ to get what they wanted. They didn't care about casting this demon out of this man. They didn't care about seeing the captives set free. They didn't care about breakthrough in their culture. They really didn't care about that. They just wanted to be the people with the power. They saw the power slipping out of their hands. The, the Jewish uh, exorcists in this story, they're, they're, they're the people who've had this authority for so long. And now the authority has gotten into the hands of these radical, wild people who shouldn't have it. They shouldn't be the ones with the power. They shouldn't be the ones with God's favor. They don't fit the description of what it takes to be a man or woman of God. They don't have all the right things in place. They're, they're this wild, crazy bunch. Why, why is God blessing them? He should not use them. And so here are these people trying to take what they can get out of them and use it for themselves. They wanted Paul's power, but they didn't want Paul's submission. They wanted Paul's power, but they didn't want Paul's prayer life. They didn't want to submit to that name they were using. They just wanted to use his name so they could build their kingdom instead. But in reality, what ends up happening is the spirit realm told the truth. The spirit realm reveals what's really going on. It reveals who really belongs to God and who doesn't. 
when, when you start dealing with those spiritual matter, matters, the, the devil's going to show up and your power's going to be revealed for where it's really at. When the enemy comes up and he starts to fight you, you know where you're really at with God. And sometimes you need backup. Sometimes you need other people praying for you. I'm not trying to put all the pressure on you or anything like that, but you have power. God has given his church power. When we're in submission to him, when we've lived that prayer life, when we've uh, consecrated ourselves, when we've walked with the Lord, power is going to flow. That's a promise from God. And so these people didn't have it, and Paul did, and they wanted some of that so they could build their kingdom. But God, God was sovereign over this. Remember, God's in control even of the devil. He can use him as a puppet however he wants to make him do what he wants for his own good. And that took me a long time to come to that realization because uh, I, didn't, I didn't know how to handle that. But God is sovereign even over the darkness. And so these people stir up this controversy. They stir up this problem. And this demon ends up preaching the truth. I know about Jesus. Now, that name is powerful. I know about Paul. That, if you were Paul, I, might, I mean, I might listen to you. But I don't know who you are. So think about that in the ears of the people around. Here is this demon admitting that it is inferior to Christ and inferior to the man of God, Paul. So they told on themselves. They told on themselves. And so God takes this, this um, revelation of the counterfeit. You know, we're, we're in a season where the counterfeit is having a field day. The counterfeit is just growing like mad. A lot of churches are full, but they're not full of power. They're, they're full of people. They're full of uh, people who've made prayer decisions to follow Christ. And they say they preach the word. They preach about 5 or 10% of it. Uh, they preach, uh, instead of preaching the salt of God's word, they try to make it into sugar so it'll go down easier. They, they try to make it into something that it's not. And so you get people who preach all sorts of false doctrines that are not of God, that are born in hell, and preach to the people who, who can tolerate it. You see, people have an innate desire to be connected with God, and the spirit of religion hijacks that, makes them think they're right with him by doing all these things, and they're not until they submit to the truth. Right. And so this, this false gospel that's going forth in America, and a lot of these high churches... You see this on, if you, if you look into this at all, you see this universalist gospel yeah. where Christ, Jesus, is just another hat that God wears. Where Christianity is just another hat that God wears to reach the world. So they might tell you, so in the Far East somewhere, maybe in Buddhism or Hinduism or uh, the Baha'i faith or any other religion, God is trying to reach those people the best he can with a light that they know because they haven't heard the gospel, and Christ has none of that. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. Amen. Period. Stop. Full, full stop. Um, and so there is this, this sugary, sweet, false gospel of God's love and acceptance that's being preached, and that's just one thing. Uh, there, there's many other things. Um, there's this seeker-friendly movement where let's not really tell you the truth. We'll, we'll give you a portion of the truth, and then 
we want your money and we'll keep you around, just boost our numbers so that we can feel better about ourselves. And so um, God uses this encounter with the demonic in the counterfeit church, if you will, to reveal the real. You know, we're in a season of shaking. I don't know if you can feel it, but we're in a season of shaking in America, in the world globally, really. Uh, you can't turn on the news without seeing something crazy happening. It's all around us. And one thing God is doing in this shaking season is revealing who's the counterfeit and who's the real. He's making it evident where the lines are really drawn. And so as this counterfeit is getting exposed, so is the real. So is the real. You know, some people might say the church is shrinking in America. I think the church is being revealed in America. I think, I think we're seeing what we have actually got. And it's not much. It's not much. And um, my question for you, I, I, I felt led to ask you tonight is, can you wait while the shaking continues? Can you hold on? Uh, can you endure? Because it's going to keep happening. The shaking's going to continue. It's going to get worse. The real is going to get exposed. The counterfeit's going to get exposed. And as we were talking about fire and, and the purifying of the Holy Spirit, one thing I wanted to share with you is there are seasons of fire. There are seasons where you walk through the fire of God, where he, he puts you back in and you stay in there and you, you get all you can take and you're about to give up and he pulls you out. And then you have to go back in. And you, and you endure and you endure and you endure, endure and he pulls you out and you catch your breath again and then you have to go back in. And he does this until he, he gets what he's looking for, which is a purified church. A church that's holy, a church that's without stain, without wrinkle. Um, but I want to encourage you today, as this shaking continues, hold on. Hold the line. Don't give up. More breakthrough is coming. More breakthrough is coming. More breakthrough is coming. Hallelujah. You ought to praise God. More breakthrough is coming to a greater degree, to an even greater degree. Now, we talk about believing in miracles, believing in the gifts of the Spirit. There's a miracle in this passage that is amazing. It's amazing. You know, sometimes we minimize that belief in miracles down to the the smaller things, and they're not small, but in, in scope maybe. Um, we believe in speaking in tongues and people getting healed and words of prophecy and words of knowledge, and we should. That's biblical. That's for today. But in this passage, we see a miracle that we need to believe for as well. This whole city repented. This whole city repented of its magic arts. It said that... Um, Many of those who had believed kept coming, confessing, and disclosing their practices. And many of those who practiced magic brought their books together and began burning them in the sight of everyone. <clears throat> God wants to do that through this church. God wants to do that through this church. He wants to bring about, to facilitate a public repentance of witchcraft in this area. Amen. You guys have faced some of that already. But he's going to continue to do that. He's going to continue to use this church and his church at large to 
reveal his power to lost people. And these people, they're bound. They're bound by demonic power. They're, they're bound by things they don't even understand. And some of them do understand it. They just don't understand why that's not the best option. Because they haven't seen the best option. You know, some people run into the arms of demons thinking that's the best thing they can do. They, they think, well, I'll, I'll, I'll worship these demons so they won't fight me. They've got you. You know, they'll wear a pentagram or they'll, they'll affiliate with the darkness thinking that makes them impervious to it. They got you already. Those people, they're probably bound because they haven't seen the real power of God. They need to see the real thing. And that's what God wants to do in his church. That's what God wants to do in this church is show those people bound in darkness what true power looks like. What true glory looks like. Um, and one of my favorite verses in all of Acts is in this chapter. It says, the word of the Lord was growing mightily and prevailing. And prevailing. And prevailing. You know, this, this right here, this is more than a book. This is the sword of the Lord. This is the sword of the Spirit. When you preach this word, hell pays attention. Hell has to submit when you preach this word. You know, a lot of the church will tell you they believe in the preaching of the word and they'll preach about 15% of it. When you lay open all the pages of the book, when you reveal the whole testimony of God, that's where the power comes forth. That's where darkness has to submit because they know... They know if we don't. They know all the words of this book. They're just fear when someone says them publicly and the spirit realm has to stop and submit to the words of the sword of the Lord. One of the verses in the New Testament um, that I think about a lot when I think about spiritual warfare is one that I think gets overlooked when you talk about spiritual warfare for some reason. It's Romans 1, 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. It is the power of God. You know, when you preach the gospel, you are literally making the spiritual realm halt and pay attention. The gospel is the power that God releases out of heaven's storehouse and gathers those who are lost and brings them in. It makes all of hell stop. It makes all of hell stop and pay attention. It is the power of God. So preach the gospel. All of you. The church needs the gospel. The church needs the gospel, not just the lost world. Um, one of the best things that you can do as a believer is frequent the gospel. Read in God's word what he has done for you. Paul said he, he kept saying the same things. I can't remember which letter it is, but he kept saying the same things to them again and again because to them it was a safeguard is what he said. You know, sometimes that religious demon, that, that spirit of pride will tell me, you don't need to read this. You've already read it before. You already know this. You don't need to go back over this. 
that's, that's not true. That's not, that's not of God. Because as you go back over this and you re-digest it, you chew it over again, you, you get it back into your spirit. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's John 3.16. Dwell on it. Get it into your heart. Realize what God has done for you. Um, get, it, get it down into your spirit. Uh, and it says that the word of God was prevailing. I'd love to see that happen in our culture again. Um, the problem with, with our culture is we don't preach all of the word of God. We have plenty of churches. We have plenty of steeples. We have plenty of buildings where people gather and they go over some of the word, but they don't go over all of it. You're in a house that goes over all of it. I tremble when I walk into this house. I don't say that about every church. There, the fear of the Lord is in this place. Because the holiness of God is in this place. Um, it, it costs something to, to, co to come and stand in this place. Um, today I felt led. Um, James, if you come forward, I want to pray for you. Uh, I would ask that the elders and the worship team would come forward. I want us to lay hands on Pastor James. Um, as the pastor, as the overseer of this house, um, you carry the mantle. You carry the burden of the Lord. Um, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Uh, I just want us to acknowledge that and back you up in the place of prayer. Um, because you, you were the one preaching the sword of the Lord. You were the one moving in boldness. You're on the front lines. I just want to say uh, we're with you. And I'll, I'll lead this prayer, and if anybody else wants to pray, go ahead. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come to you for Pastor James, Lord. Thank you for him. Thank you for this man of God who is unashamed of the gospel and all that it says. Thank you for this man who will preach your word. God, I pray that you would continue to fill him with boldness, continue to fill him with power from on high. Continue, God, to help him to um, extend the sword of the Lord and see your victory in this dark place. God, these are dark and difficult times. These are burning, fiery seasons of trial and shaking. God, help him to stand firm and not be moved. Help him to endure this time as a, a leader in your house. God, the burden is great, but your spirit and your power enables us. God, give him, give him the wisdom. Give him the insight. God, we amen all, all that you're already doing all that you've already done, and we amen that which is to come. God, revival is here. Revival is here. Victory is here. Breakthrough is here. You have already won. God, help him continue to strengthen him, continue to give him feet like the deer to stand in the high places. God, that he could stand in those high and lofty places securely without worrying about slipping. God, give him the favor. Give him the favor. Anoint him now, Lord. Consider, consider the darkness that's against this house and anoint him with even greater power. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray.